Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are bringing you September 16th through the 22nd in the wonderful year of 1992. I think I say that for just about every year, but I think I mean it for every year too. They're all wonderful. It's the 90s. That's what this podcast is about. Welcome aboard. September 16th. Today is the day Nick Jonas was born. That's right. Nine months prior to this, I think his parents were feeling the love bug. And this morning, Mrs. Jonas called in an SOS and rushed to the hospital and gave birth to little Nick. I hate the way this has started. <laughs> also on this date, the 1992 campaign, 8th District, after death, victory for Weiss and his party. Even though he died on Monday, Representative Ted Weiss won the Democratic primary of the 8th District of New York City yesterday after a day in which residents of his base on the Upper West Side struggled to suppress that feeling that voting for him at this time was macabre, ridiculous, or even somehow illegal. Quote, I liked him, but he's dead. How could I vote for him? One woman muttered, leaving a polling place on West 93rd Street. Interesting fact here, he was replaced by State Assemblyman Jerry Nader, who won in November and still holds the seat to this day, being re-elected 10 times. That is a crazy thing. Also, uh, I love that a dead guy won. Super weird. Let's move on to the 17th of September. Frank Zappa, in his final professional public appearance, conducts the Ensemble Modern at the Frankfurt Festival in Germany. Zappa, who was seriously ill with prostate cancer, receives a 20-minute standing ovation. That's a long ovation. That is. Also, a news article from today, increasingly isolated, North Korea seeks better relations with the U.S. <laughs> the North Korean government, increasingly abandoned by its traditional allies, sent a quiet appeal to the United States earlier this month calling for major improvement in relations and a series of high-level meetings. That went well. Womp womp. September 18th. The American television drama Picket Fences debuted today. It ran for four seasons. Neither of us ever watched this. However, creator David E. Kelly might be a familiar name because he went on to create other well-known TV shows, including Ally McBeal, Boston Public, and Boston Legal. The man loves the law. After I read this, because Chris did this particular story, I, at that moment, earlier today, because we're on the ball, realized that Boston Public and Boston Legal are not the same show. As a sidebar, I am very slowly getting through Boston Legal, and I've been pumped for whenever Jerry Ryan comes on board because like, jerry ryan no she's on boston public she's on boston Pu okay and i thought it was boston legal Wh william shatner's on one of these right he's on boston legal okay i was excited for all the boob jokes but now I, they're not gonna happen i think i knew there were two different shows but if someone came up to me and seriously told me there is one show and it's called let's just say boston legal i, I would have believed it i've been waiting for jerry ryan this whole time very upsetting speaking of upsetting nine workers at the giant mine are killed after striking employee roger warren detonates a bomb in the mine shaft. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, last news story of the day. That was depressing. And now X is marking the lawsuit. The widow of the late Malcolm X has filed suit in federal court over the alleged unauthorized use of his name and image on hats, t-shirts, and other clothing. She would have hated memes. Oh, yeah. That being said, I do get it. I would be oh, kind of... Sure. if. Like, I did or made something. I would be kind of really cheesed if it was just showing up on random t-shirts and I wasn't getting, like, anything from that. I get it, but at the same time, like, it can get extreme very quickly. Have you ever seen Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech? Think um, about it. Have you actually seen it? Have I actually seen it? No, because there's like a pretty extreme copyright on there, isn't it? Yeah, it's $10 a copy. You have to buy it. Yeah. It doesn't exist on the internet. You can't watch it. It's a quintessential piece of American history that his family, generations of his family, have been trying to cash in on. Mm -hmm. How shameful is that? That is something that I fully believe belongs to 
It belongs like to the American people. I don't think he had a dream about his family riding his coattails for decades. Yeah, that is probably not what Dr. King was uh, was looking for. Anyway, I think we should move on to the 19th. Absolutely. All right, September 19th. Beekman's World premiered today on CBS. Oh. Were you into Beekman's World? I was into it a bit. It was I a was, good show. I was way more Bill Nye the Science Guy. Well, yeah. And I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be people on both sides of the fences. I don't think there should be a fence because this is a TV show getting kids into science. True. We're all on so, the same team here. Yeah, we're on the team of science, bitches. Speaking of teams, Little League strips title from team in Philippines. Little League Baseball stripped the Philippines of this year's World Series title last night and awarded the championship to Long Beach, California, saying the Asian team used ineligible players. Only six members of the winning team lived in their district. The others were added by Manila officials who wanted to defeat Taiwan for the International Division Championship and advance to the World Series final. I really didn't realize Little League was such a big deal. Oh yeah. I didn't know there was a World Series of Little League. Oh yeah. It's on TSN. It's on ESPN. It's and that's more thing. that's more legitimate than the actual World Series because the Whoa. actual World. I mean, Whoa. let's all imagine an imaginary globe right now. Now the okay, M- or the uh, MLB's World it. Series consists yeah. of the United States of America and then a little 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 jut into Canada for Toronto and back in the '90s maybe a little more of a jut up to Quebec. Fuck Little League. That's the official opinion of the podcast. Is it? September 20th. All right, I guess that's set in stone. <laughs> America laughs with Harvard accent, but doesn't know it. From Saturday Night Live to Letterman to The Simpsons, graduates of the venerable college are leaving the country in stitches. As a college-bound senior known for his wit, Mark O'Donnell was given some advice by a high school teacher. Don't go to Harvard. It'll ruin your sense of humor. On the contrary, O'Donnell graduated from Harvard in 1976 with humor intact. So did his twin brother, Steve. They since learned a profitable lesson. Not only is there humor at Harvard, there's humor after Harvard. And much of America is in on the joke. Harvard's comedy mafia accounts for about 10% of television's full-time humor writers. Harvard grads write for Spy Magazine and The New Yorker, Late Night, and Saturday Night Live. They write and produce the animated primetime hit The Simpsons. They are, or have been on the staffs of Dinosaurs, A Different World, In Living Color, Married with Children, Designing Women, and Coach. Sidebar, did you know that Coach is coming back? Yes, I did, because do you remember uh, in the first season of Family Guy? Um, oh, yeah. When Peter Griffin writes the note. Yeah. Please, please, please bring back Coach. If you don't, if you do not, the skillful acting of Craig T. Nelson will surely be missed. <laughs> Spills the white out. Yeah. If you do not bring back Coach, I will kill Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. I thought about that when I heard they were bringing back Coach. And I think we've mentioned it on the podcast. However, if you weren't around for, I think that was a really early episode. They're bringing back Coach. Yeah. I never watched Coach. I love All Coach. All I know is the skillful acting of Craig T. Nelson was surely missed it was how about we move on to september 21st let's all right mexico establishes diplomatic relationships with vatican city ending a break that lasted over 130 years that is a that's a tiff holy crap another sidebar up until i was like 13 i thought vatican city was called vacation city and it seemed like a really fun place article today in trading cards a new ball game For years, both children and adults have eagerly swapped trading cards featuring their favorite baseball or football stars, but now collectors are puzzling over some different types of trades. Is the Incredible Hulk worth two or three Spider-Man cards? Or which are more valuable? Cards about the Little Mermaid, 
Toxic Crusaders, or Operation Desert Storm. They made Desert Storm cards? We need to look into that. The world of trading cards is expanding both in content and quality. No longer the sole province of athletes, cards are increasingly featuring subjects like cartoon heroes, television personalities, rock stars, and even murderers. September 22nd, Hanging with Mr. Cooper had its very first episode today. Originally airing on Tuesday night, the show did better once added to ABC's TGIF lineup in the second season, because it was TGIF. Oh yeah. Also, in the second season, Mr. Cooper's little cousin Nicole Lee was added to the main cast, which means we're going to take a brief detour away from this week's news to venture over to a little segment on the show that we call That's Somewhat Moderately Raven. That's Somewhat Moderately Raven. Raven! As you may or may not know, the character of Nicole Lee was played by none other than Raven Simone, who in her pre-That's So Raven days still managed to be at least somewhat moderately Raven, playing Nicole Lee on the show from its second to fifth seasons. Raven, you were a busy kid. This has been that's somewhat moderately Raven! Also, quantum leaps into the JFK assassination. On the season premiere tonight, Sam jumps into a script supporting the lone gunman theory. John F. Kennedy is assassinated in Dallas again tonight, only this time the conspiracy is that there's no conspiracy. Quote, everyone seems to be on the conspiracy bandwagon, but I've never been in on it, said Donald P. Belisario, executive producer of Quantum Leap, which begins its fifth season with a two-hour re-examination of history tonight at eight on NBC. That would have been something to see. That would have been cool. I never watched quantum leap really but i didn't either uh it starred scott bakula and he played a captain of the enterprise so i've got to respect that worst captain um january was better i'll say enterprise it. was gonna get really good if it didn't get canceled in its fourth season like it was starting to ramp up like if okay. you watch the first couple seasons of deep space nine it's not that good true i'm gonna cut myself off with the star trek right there so people uh don't stop listening appreciate it and we're just gonna jump right into sometime this year let's now this week a lot of people have been talking about Hillary Clinton's fainting uh, earlier this week from the time of recording when she was at a 9-11 uh, memorial, yep. which led me to an interesting uh, an interesting fact, I guess. On January 8th, 1992, at about 8.20 Japanese Standard Time, U.S. President George H.W. Bush fainted after vomiting at a banquet hosted by the then Prime Minister of Japan, Kichi Miyazawa. I should have read that beforehand. It is the only documented occurrence to date of a U.S. President vomiting on a foreign dignitary. I can't believe I didn't know about that until this week. I love this story. I know about the next part and it is the best. Mm -hmm. In Japan, even several years later, Bush was remembered for this event. Quote, the incident caused a wave of late night television jokes and ridicule in the international community, even coining Bushu Suru, which literally means to do the Bush thing. It also echoes throughout pop culture. Mm. As you may know, in the Two Bad Neighbors episode of The Simpsons, Bush tells Homer that he will ruin you like a Japanese banquet. I love I it. I never understood that line. Yeah. Also, in his Golden Globes acceptance speech as best actor in a comedy or musical, Robin Williams impersonated Bush during the incident. And in the pilot episode of King of the Hill, the best, Hank Hill says, Detroit hasn't felt any real pride since George Bush went to Japan and vomited on their auto executives. I love King of the Hill. I miss it dearly. That's such a good Hank Hill line. It really is. Alright, let's jump straight into the box office. This week, in the number one spot, a movie not about shoes, sneakers. I had to look into this because I seriously thought, okay, how did they make a movie about shoes? I mean, a movie about shoes could be could be interesting. Like, oh my god, shoes. Okay, moving down the list, these are the top five. Captain Ron, Singles, Husbands and Wives, and School Ties. Nothing particularly exciting. Yeah, School no Ties though featuring an early Brendan Fraser, an early Matt Damon, 
and a very early Ben Affleck. Very true. Other than that, we've got Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, Pet Cemetery 2. Sister Act. Oh, Sister Act. That's a good one. That is amazing. It's really at the end of the list because it's yeah. been in for 17 weeks. Last one on the list worth mentioning is Batman Returns, just clinging on. Almost, oh, yeah. almost done its run. Yeah, it's been in for 14 weeks. Uh, so, yeah, that's All okay. Right. Let's slide over to the Billboard Hot 100. This week in the number one spot, The End of the Road. From Boomerang by Boys to Men. Not gonna lie, I forgot to listen to all of the music this time, so I don't have a whole lot of comments on these. I'm not big on Boys to Men. I do remember that song. Again, there's not some Boys to Men song it. I'm really into. All right, let's slide down the list. Uh, two, we have Baby 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 by TLC. It is a crime that I don't recall this song right now. At number three, one of the best song titles we've ever had on the show, Humpin' Around by Bobby Brown. Is that the Bobby Brown? That's the Bobby Brown. Ooh. Yeah. At four, we have Stay by Shakespeare's Sister. And the only song on the list that matters at number five by Guns N' Roses, November Rain. I don't have anything to add to that one. Fair enough. Yeah. Moving down the list, the actually only song that matters on this list at number seven, on its way up. Jump Around by House of Pain. I came to get down, I came to get down. So get down to your seat and jump around, jump around. Now that's a good song. I mean... This was on the radio on my drive here. Really? I rapped the whole thing. I know, oh. I know word for word. Okay, what else is here? At 14, on its way down, we have Baby Got Back, obviously by Sir Mix-a-Lot. I cannot believe what I'm about to say, but I am about to get into a Madonna song. The tables have turned. They really have. At number 15, this used to be my playground by Madonna. This is the theme song for one of my favorite baseball movies, A League of Their Own, featuring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, and Rosie O'Flippin' Donnell. Ooh. Rosie O'Donnell. It is a great movie, and this song is such a goddamn tearjerker because it's all about how in World War II, men weren't around, so women took up the mantra of playing baseball. It was a whole big thing, and then as soon as the men came back, no one cared. Uh, and then the movie ends with all of the women are elderly now, and they're being recognized for, you know, their contribution to baseball in Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame, and at the very end, it shows all these, like, looking back sort of clips on how, you know, when they used to be younger, they had this great time playing ball and this used to be my playground is playing in the background it is a real tearjerker also there's no crying in baseball i think there might have been crying in this baseball game oh it's a tearjerker this has been connor talking about a madonna song yep yes. we're moving right on though number 16 life is a highway tom cochran we've talked about this one before we, we have great song oh my god do you see what's at 25 i sure do Achy Breaky Heart. We've talked about Achy Breaky Heart, haven't we? We have. Yeah. Anytime we see Billy Ray on this chart, which admittedly isn't going to be a whole lot, um, we got to mention it. Man, Miley was uh, Miley was almost born. At number 32, let's close it out there. Not Enough Time by NXS, who we never see on the billboard. Yeah, we really don't. I mean, they were bigger in what, the 80s? Yeah. All right, let's leave the billboard there. Alrighty. You know what we're bringing back right now? I'm so excited. It's September. So that means this week on is back. If you just joined us over the summer, every week we pick an episode of Seinfeld, Friends, or The Simpsons and talk about that. Now, this is 1992. Friends had yet to be a thing. The Simpsons wasn't quite back yet. But Seinfeld had started early this year with their first two episodes actually airing in mid-August. I love it. And now a couple weeks later in mid-September, we've got another one-hour episode, episodes three and four, The Pitch 
and the ticket. NBC executives meet Jerry after his nightclub act and ask him to come up with an idea for his TV series. George decides that he can be a sitcom writer and comes up with the idea of it being a show about nothing. Kramer trades Newman a radar detector for a helmet. And later, <laughs> Newman receives a speeding ticket due to the detector being defective. Should we talk about this episode first before we get into the uh, into the second one? The radar detector was a very funny Seinfeld moment. Oh yeah. One of my favorites was. in the show. Yeah, a lot of this, this episode was a good episode, but as a two-parter, it really builds into the second episode. It sure does. Yeah. Continuing from the pitch, this is now the ticket, as a result of a blow to the head by Crazy Joe Davola, <laughs> Kramer starts suffering from hemispatial neglect. He forgets to dress slash shave half of his body properly <laughs> and utters gibberish, a trait that would continue for the rest of the series. Yo-yo ma. <laughs> Kramer agrees to be an alibi for Newman's trial on a speeding ticket. Newman was simply racing home to stop Kramer, despondent over never becoming a banker, from committing suicide. Once in court, however, Kramer experiences short-term memory loss due to his head injury and completely <laughs> forgets about their agreed-to alibi, causing Newman's case to crumble. This was a fantastic moment. Classic. When Newman just loses it on him. Oh, he just flips his lid. Mm -hmm. And Kramer's just so clueless. This is great. This is the introduction of Crazy Joe Davola. I really like Crazy Joe as Oh, a I know. Like, he comes back throughout the season, eventually dating Elaine for a little bit, yeah. dressing up like the clown. Very funny. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Also, this week, in segments we have neglected. What do we got? Thankfully not 90s. Yeah. This was this was on Chris. This wasn't on me. This week, Chris brings you... Every fucking scandal being named something gate. Oh, God. Have okay. you noticed over the last yes. couple years? Yes. Thank you. Everything. Every scandal worth mentioning is something gate. We've Kramer got, with your gates. We've got Gamergate. We've got Deflategate. We've got at least three or four other short-lived gates that didn't really make it in. No. I will say at least Deflategate kind of rhymes. It does. But I, all these catchy. other gates, one of uh, one of the terms for the celebrity hacking in 2014 was Celebgate. If you have something to do with a gate or, you know, there's an incident at the Watergate Hotel, you can call your incident whatever gate. Journalists, come on. You gotta be a little creative. You can call it something else. Just look back to the 90s, a time when scandals had more creative names. Just um, give me a pun. A pun is That's top all. tier. That's all I need. If you even, going back to George Bush, they just called that 1992 George Bush vomiting incident. There's yeah. nothing particularly creative about it, but it's, but it's at least not gate. It's, it's better than vomit gate. Yeah, it's better than puke gate. Yeah. All right. Vomit palooza. Oh, yes, that's it. That's what we close on. Vomit palooza. Vomit palooza. Gamer kerfuffle. Deflate a thon. Brady bumbles. Whatever. Just close out the gates. Let's jump into the 90s spotlight. This week, we would like to discuss what we believe is the beginning of the end. The 1990s was the first decade where it seemed like, at least entertainment-wise, studios and publishers really started to cash it in. This week, we're going to be focusing on a little thing called the ground and everything being run into it. Oh, God. Prior to the 90s, I'm sure it happened once in a while, but I think it was less common that a movie franchise, that a TV show was just run into the ground. Prior to the 90s, Han Solo shot first. I'm saying it. It's mm -hmm. out there. Han shot first. He did. That's, that's, a, that's a fact, Jack. Prior to the 90s, Star Wars didn't suck. Ewoks aside. Ewoks are okay. Nah. 
Ewoks they're, are. They're Care Bears. They're cute. I know, that's the problem. In the 90s, I think a seed grew out of the ground. And that seed was, hey, we can take something popular and just run with it. Okay, Disney does a pretty good job at it. The Emperor's New School, something like that. That was really good. Okay. Disney aside, though, actually, not Disney's not even exempt from it. They produced some shit in the 90s in terms of straight to dvd straight to vhs sequels and, and it's it's not just disney everyone starts producing shit you know how many copies of monopoly my family had in the 90s two regular flip monopoly and because my younger brother was young at the time monopoly junior so there was a version that he could play without it being too complex how many copies of monopoly are there now there's one for literally everything it's bonkers how many times milton bradley do you need to milk that same cow before you just send it out to pasture and here's the biggest problem i have with branded monopoly yeah it oftentimes doesn't make sense in normal monopoly you are going around i guess what would be a fictitious city in which streets are streets and you put up houses and hotels yeah. In branded Monopoly, things are often character names where they should be locations. If you have, let's say, Simpsons Monopoly, you shouldn't be landing on Homer Simpson. You should be landing on the Krusty Burger. You yeah. should be landing on Moe's. Is that actually how it is in Simpsons Monopoly? I don't know. Uh, they may have fixed it, but a lot of the a lot of the branded Monopolies oh, okay, I've okay. seen just do that. They... It's just garbage. It's hot garbage. You keep churning out the same crap over and over and over. For some reason, people buy it. Do you buy these things? If so, email us, stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear about why you suck. That being said... I <laughs> can you just roll with that. You're absolutely okay with the words that just came out of my face. I'm okay with that. Okay. But that being said, if there was a monopoly for your most loved TV show, you probably I buy it. it. I, I have, do it. Like, I have a copy of Possumopoly from the Red Green Show. There you go. It was a gift, mm -hmm. but still. We're focusing on Monopoly way too much. This is we now really, a Monopoly yeah. slash presidential golf podcast. I don't have presidential Welcome golf aboard. this week. I know, I saw. We don't have it. Yeah. Our point is this. Everything is being milked now. Everything is being branded to the nth degree. You can buy shirts and shoes and board games and video games and weird looking furniture branded for pretty much whatever you want. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Remember the 90s? We didn't have that. That's the spotlight. But I will say one thing. I think there's a glimmer of hope. People are starting to get at least somewhat wise to this. I think there's hope. I think there's a chance that going forward in the future, quality will make a return. Mind you, they are probably going to be pumping out a lot of sequels and remakes, but maybe, just maybe, they'll make them good. Something like Mad Max. Speaking of low quality, let's move straight into our sponsorship segment. Yeah, let's do that. Every week in the podcast, we bring you a sponsor, sometimes real, sometimes fictitious. This week is another fictitious sponsor where we get to hone our edge, practice at, you know, selling you wares, goods, perhaps services in exchange for sweet, sweet dollar bills. Yeah. This week's podcast is brought to you by The Man's Ear or bro, in light of Seinfeld returning. It feels very comfortable and will certainly improve your posture. It's a brassiere for men, the man's ear. Do you feel like you need more support in your life? This product offers you the lift you never knew was possible until now. It's got Velcro on the back, so if you're getting intimate with a woman, she won't have to fumble around back there, which is something we've all experienced. Remember, a bra is for ladies. This is the bro. The man's ear. That's all we've got. That's it. That's, That's the true, bit. though. That's that the whole bit. I love okay. Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld's take on the bra. Cups in the front, hoops in the back. This podcast is brought to you by Jerry Seinfeld. He approves of it. He's a staff writer. What's the deal with podcasts? I mean, 
I don't see any pods anywhere. That's horrible. Holy shit. We just lost any chance of Jerry Seinfeld ever getting into this podcast. Are you wearing a cast? Oh my god. Yeah, I know. Okay. Oh, uh, we're so let's, sorry, Jerry let's, Seinfeld. Let's close this week out. Let's do that. Uh, you get the wheel. I will figure out what the dates are. All right. It's oh, a struggle over here. Okay, as always, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com, facebook.com slash stuckinthe90spodcast, Instagram, stuckinthe90spodcast, I think? Correct. Twitter, S-I-T-9-0-S. I'm getting good at this. Uh, Gmail, stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a $10 sponsor, drop us a line, tell us about whatever it is you want to plug, and as long as it's not too heinous, we'll talk about it. That's right. Um, Next week, we bring you September 23rd through 29th. All right. Here we go. Oh, that was okay, a terrible spin. Played as a light. Okay. No, no, no. That was a mulligan. Ooh, that was better. Got a bit of air on that. September and... 23rd to 29th, 1994. Bam. All right. We will jump two years into the future. It'll be uh, It'll be a rough journey, but we'll make it there, and we'll see you next week. But for now... The podcast, the podcast is, is now, now over. over. That was good. We were synced up on that one. Ba-da-bam, ba-da-bam. Boop.